This episode of Uncommon Deeds is brought to you by Barry Tile and Morrison Clark, Central Vermont stop for all types of flooring for your home or business on the South Barry Road in Barry, Vermont, 802-476-0912, celebrating 50 years in business. Bushy's Generator Sales and Service, Vermont's number one dealer for Briggs and Stratton generators. Two locations in Springfield and Brookfield, 802-591-1903 or bushysgenerator.com. We keep your power on. And VT Fire, protect yourself on and off the racetrack with a state-of-the-art fire suppression system serving racers and commercial, industrial, and residential needs in Vermont, New Hampshire, and New York. Call 802-793-7919 or visit VT Fire on Facebook. I'm Justin St. Louis. And I'm Tom Corbett. This is Uncommon Deeds. I got the roll. Surprise! Happy 68th two-part episode, my friends. On a Wednesday. On a Wednesday. To be followed by a Friday. Yeah, this is a different one. Um, we kind of, we spent, I don't know, a couple of months kind of talking about this one. Mm, give or take, and then not re- just kind of spitballing, because we always talk about trying to match numbers to episodes and obviously realizing we are running out of time to match a lot of numbers with episodes. Triple digits here soon. Yeah. So we had kind of, oh, 68, Jason Woodard pops to the mind, and then we talked to him when we were at the racetrack a few weeks ago, and that's when it kind of kicked in like, oh, we had the idea of, not just Jason, but talking also maybe to Kelsey and Tanner, and it seemed like it all kind of lined up. And then we even ended up with a bonus. We had, we honestly had no idea when we were in the car driving to Waterbury who exactly was going to be in the episode. <laughs> we knew Jason was going to be there, and the the rest was, you know, a surprise for us. So. It kind of made it fun, actually. It was it was definitely different. It was something that, I mean, we had the media roundtable one, but that isn't the same as us kind of, quote-unquote, interviewing multiple people. Right, yeah, yep. It was not chaos like I thought it would be. No, it flowed um, pretty well, which yeah. I think lends itself to how well that whole group gets along and how much time they spend together. Cause they kind of fed off one another, which yeah. made it easier. Yeah. Um, having Brian wall jr. There B wall, the hammer, um, having him there, it threw us for a loop in the best of ways, I think too, um, because we weren't prepared really with anything. We weren't really prepared for Kelsey or, or Tanner, in the way that we'd prepared for Jason. I mean, they just don't have the history to be honest with you. They're, they're all young, you know, Jason stuff. We, we knew pretty well. We've seen his whole career, but when you get into young, younger kids, like a Caden Fisher, we, I don't know if we could ever fill a show with Caden Fisher. Right. You know, he's, he's raced for two years, you know, he's, he's 14 years old. What are you going to talk about? Not saying that we're not going to have Caden Fisher on the show. I'm saying it would be tough to get, a show right it would be uh, something the length where of we time that we usually have you know right we would try to 
do some kind of weird format to work it in. Like kind of like the up and comers episode we did with, you know, Brandon Lanfear and Marcel Gravel, where maybe they don't have the full resume for a full show. Yeah. We'll put them together and, you know, that's a good example. Yeah. Well, it, it was great. And, and, you know, and again, with Brian Wall, especially, we didn't know anything. We really don't know much about Brian Wall. We didn't until we sat down and got to know these kids. And um, I, I'm glad that we did the whole thing. It was it was a really neat experience for us. I don't know if we're going to have a huge panel like we did too many more times um, because it's really not the nature of the show. But it was really fun to deviate from our norm. Um, yeah, and, and ask the same question to four different people and get four completely completely different answers, or even maybe some non-answers. That's true. <laughs> Stay tuned for part two, or or maybe to get Jason's take four different ways, which also happened. <laughs> but no, like you said, it was it was fun. It was different. It's always really fun for you and I when we get out. Yeah and get to do some in person. And this was a fun one to do in person. And the Woodards have quite the complex over there in yeah. Waterbury center. Let's set the scene a little bit here, right? You go up Guptill road out by the golf course, which Tom you're very familiar with. Yeah. And you drive up into the woods a little bit and you'd make a turn further up into the woods. And then you get to, where all the trailers go to die. <laughs> like <laughs> you've seen Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s like race car graveyard, right? Well, this is that, but race trailers. There's got to be twenty of them up there. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I was like, oh, I think we're in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you know you move up a little closer and you see the house and the shop and. The nicer, newer trailers. Yeah, the further the further up you go, the closer you get to the shop, the newer everything is. The less rust you see on stuff out in the woods. I'm like, oh. And then we got there, and Jason said, okay, Kelsey's around here somewhere, and the boys will be here in a bit. They're racing through the woods to get food on four-wheelers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'd been a while since I had Jim's Pizza. I don't know about you, but it'd been years, years and years. You used to have it occasionally at the uh, at the golf course. Yeah. Yep. And I loved going there for lunch every now and then when I was working in, in Waterbury. Um, yeah. So one of them, I don't remember which one won, but one of them came in carrying pizzas slightly. The hammer, Wall said that he won. Yeah. And then Tanner said, you didn't win. You got stuck. Oh, yeah. But no, it was fun, and we are bringing you a lot of audio content for your ear holes this week, so we're not going to spend much of that time with us talking. Before we do get to the episode, though, I don't think at any point did we ever mention anybody's stats. I mean, maybe a little bit. Um, but for context here, Jason Woodard is the only four-time Flying Tiger champion in Thunder Road history. Um, his children are Kelsey and Tanner and Brian wall jr. Of course, the son of former Bush North standout Brian wall, um, 
nephew of Chris Mashad and uh, a, a good up and coming racer in his own right. I mean, I think Kelsey's the oldest one out of the three and she's 22, 23 question mark. Um, you know, so these are, these are young kids starting their careers. Um, and it, it was very interesting to see that dynamic between one of the most accomplished drivers in Jason Woodard and the next generation just barely getting their feet in the water. We got some good stories out of the youngsters. And I, being completely honest, I was a little, I had some trepidations about whether or not they were going to bring, you know, some good stories just because they're so young. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we had good stories about, you know, learning how to drive stick and little things like that that I thought made the episode definitely better. Yeah. And it was cool to see, you could really tell, I'm sure that you could as as well as I could that, that, um, you know, young Brian wall is part of the Woodard family at this point, you know, he, they work on his race cars. He drives, you know, out of their shop. Um, but he lives with them most of the time too, you know, and he's been there for a few years, um, under that roof. And, um, he is very much, part of the family, but he also has his own experiences outside and, and could bring in a different perspective, not only from another family, but geographically, you know, he grew up in Southern New Hampshire, which the racing down there is quite different than the racing up here. It, it was, it was a really interesting dynamic and, and seeing several things at play. And to give you a little tease before we start, you do learn about B wall learning. He was going to get his first, race car while preparing for a date in eighth grade. Oh my God. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> That's a good story. Um, and Hey, listen all the way through because this is a two-parter and we're not doing the guest, the guest this week, obviously. Um, but we will do a little trivia question on Thursday. Um, and you can win a t-shirt, an uncommon deeds t-shirt if you get the trivia question right. And now Tom, I'm I'm not sure. Is the answer in part one? I believe it is, if you listen. Listen carefully. Well I believe you do mention it. I think that if you use your your brain powers and your internet powers, you can come up with the answer, whether it's in part one or not. So somebody out there will find the answer. Without, or just totally guess and pull it out of their ass. Also possible. Yeah. Without further ado, though, let us go ahead and roll part one with the Woodards. Justin, go ahead and make today's introduction. We got the whole fam damnly here. Um, For episode 68, this is the first time that we've matched a car number uh, with a guest. And we've got a table full of people here. And I'm going to introduce them left to right. Kelsey Woodard, Kels dog. Tanner Woodard, teabag. Right, yeah. Jason Woodard. This is Dad, and B Wall, uh, Brian Wall Jr. Um, this is most of the Tiger Division at Thunder Road and White Mountain, um, and we're we're happy to have all of you on. We're gonna. This is gonna be a whole different ball of wax than what we usually do. But um, thanks for having us up. Uh, this is quite the compound that you've built up here. Um, I I was here a few years ago, and it did not look like this. It was um, like a trailer graveyard driving yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> There's just trailers everywhere. It's, it's dead race car hell out in the field over there. And yeah. Um, but thanks for having us. Um, 
threw some pizza at us too, which was nice. So always a pleasure. Let's start. Let's start with Jason because um, you're the oldest. Um, I would hope so. Yeah, I think so. Children. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so kick it off the same way every week. When do you remember motorsports coming into your life? Yeah, so uh, it all started back in the '80s. Um, Catamount. We used to camp at the Apple. Apple Tree Bay Campground yeah. there in South Hero. Um, did you know Tom Curley used to own that campground? Did not know yeah. that. Yeah. So um, my mom, you know, loved racing too. And uh, so I'm like, Mom, can we go down to the racetrack? And so we went down, and I really, really liked John Paul Cabana. Remember, I used to have a 5A hat on, and, uh, you know, I'd go down to the pits after and see him and, uh, Clem Despo, obviously a local uh, guy in our same town here. And, uh, yeah, so it all started then. And uh, I remember Flipper Irwin, you know, he has his name for a reason. And uh, <laughs> But that track was really fun. I mean, I remember, you know, a lot of Canadians after the race and uh, just having a good time after. And, uh, you know, really uh, over the years, I remember that because, you know, that's kind of like what we've built our team around, like having fun and, I feel like we've been really successful, and, uh, you know, I see those guys doing that. I'm like, I want to do that someday, you know, and uh, uh, we're, uh, we're where we're at right now because of, you know, where you, you, where you start, you, you seem to always get there at some point. How old were you back then? So, um, I mean, I graduated in 94, so I was uh, probably around 10, you know, somewhere in there, so... Uh, maybe a little bit younger. I mean, I was really young. I can. I found some pictures a while back, you know, and uh, got my five A hat on and my three Vermont hat on, and and we were headed. But uh, uh, yeah, some uh, good times for sure, and some great racing. And uh, uh, I mean, we we always would like the the power, the sound of them, and stuff. When did you start getting aspirations to maybe get behind the wheel? Yeah, so it's interesting. So a longtime friend of the family. Um, Actually, two longtime friends of the family, uh, Stanley and Stevie Lamson. You know, uh, I was going to Catamount, and uh, I think they might have even been helping uh, the Lamphere boys, um, Mark and Dwayne. And they, the Lamphere boys would show up with their uh, uh, gooseneck trailer, and they'd have like three or four trailer uh, cars on there. And Norm Andrews was helping them. So I think there was an age, you know, you had to be a certain age to go to Plattsburgh. Um, it's where it's all started, and uh, we were camping again in South Hero there, and uh, and Stanley and Stevie are like, "Hey, uh, you know, do you guys or do you want to help us in the pits?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, you know, we were going at that time, you know, it's probably around 1990, I'd say. We were go- mom was bringing me over, and I'd sit in the stands and whatever, and uh, you know, have a grand old time, and uh, you know, but I always had my favorites and." Uh, you know, watch them and whatever, and uh, I'm like, yeah, I'd love to, you know, can I get in, and oh, you need this paperwork, whatever, and so uh, we got all that together, and, and uh, so I would literally uh, go uh, down to the end of the road to the campground, and Norm would stop and uh, pick me up, and we would go over, and uh, um, I mean, we really had a time of our life, you know, or I did, I mean, I think they were having fun, and Norm was successful, <laughs> so I mean, I was just learning, and I, mean, I knew nothing, and uh, they gave me a chance. And I remember, uh, you know, one big thing is Norm raced at Plattsburgh, and then we raced at Thunder Road, and we always had to change the gears. Well, I don't know if you ever change gears in a 
you know, V8. And, yeah, uh, the old ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these right now, these, you know, whatever, they're heavy, you know, and especially when you're only, you know, 16 or 15, whatever I was, uh, you know, but he's like, you know, you gotta change those gears. And I'm like, okay, well, how do I do that? You know, so, uh, but he gave me a chance and, uh, you know, that's all I could ask for. And uh, like I said, Stanley and Stevie, you know, also gave me a chance and, you know, we're right there too, working and, uh, you know, really, really got my career started. You know, I worked on cars many, many years, you know, before I raced and uh, I had a great time. I mean, honestly, I, I feel like I get more nervous um, working in the pits and, I feel it more than when I do driving, you know, it's like, it's hard to explain unless you've been on both sides, but, uh, uh well, there's not enough time to get nervous when you're in the car. Right. 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 You know, honestly, yeah. uh, you're focused and, uh, you know, you're driven to, to give the car for whatever it has. And, uh, but yeah, that's where it all started. Hmm. You know, matter of fact, you're saying that, you know, I, we were racing at Plattsburgh and I honestly remember when, uh, when Brian Horst started racing and uh, Doug was already racing and Brian was super, super nervous. Rightly so. It was his first race. And, you know, we would little, we would typically park right next to him, Norm, that is, and us. And, um, and Norm would say, you'd be okay. Just give it gas. (laughs) (laughs) Drive around the wreck. (laughs) So, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I felt like uh, uh, Brian really uh, looked up to Norm and, you know, of course, his dad, and, and uh, look what he's done now, and it's pretty pretty cool to be, been there where he, when he started. So, yeah. uh, do you remember the power lines catching on fire at Airborne about once every six weeks? I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh, yeah. You know, I remember. Uh, I think it was Brent Dragon hitting the back stretch there. The score. Uh, yeah. You know, Billard there, but uh, I mean, there were some bad wrecks and the fast track. But uh, you know, again. Uh, the people over there seem to be just like any track, you know, you just got to get familiar with the way things work and uh, they're good people, you know, yeah. like uh, everybody has different ways to get to where they need to be and, or what they want to do. And, but uh, end of the day, they're just good people like the next track. Mm. We'll jump around a little bit to keep everybody involved. Yeah, let's keep you guys awake here. Yeah. <laughs> now, Kelsey, you started kind of around Speedway 51, right? Uh, so actually I started... So in 2014, we, some way around, I decided I wanted to raise kids' trucks at Wright Mountain. And so we bought a kid truck. This is 2014. We, yeah, Dad's raising his hand. (laughs) Really what happened is uh, one of the guys on the crew was like, hey, uh, I got a dirt bike. A guy wants to trade me a truck. What do you think? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, So I'm like what's this truck? Well, they race them at White Mountain, whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Is it built? Like, is it, like, ready to go? And he's like, well, I don't think so. So just like anything, you know, we, we couch, you know, what do you think? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you, um, I'll try it, I guess. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, the crew member Brian Gibbs was his name, and uh, He's like, um, okay, I'll make the deal. And he did, and he come home and, and definitely needed uh, a bunch of work. Uh, big things for Lowe's is you got to, you know, they got to sit down where they're supposed to, and rackets got to be underneath the rear end, on top of the rear end, and, you know, just whatever. Doesn't really matter, but pretty cool. Like uh, that's how it all started, like uh, on a trade. You know, huh. it sounds like Al who went to get a trailer for his canoes and came back with a race car last <laughs> yeah. year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways. 
we get this truck home. I am 13 years old, 12, 13, get home. I don't know how to drive or drive standard. I know how to do a four-wheeler and ride a snowmobile around, but I didn't know anything about standard or paying attention in front and everything. <laughs> so anyway, we another crew member, uh, Dale, he had this Honda CRV. He called it the Curve. Red piece of crap <laughs> Honda CRV. Yeah. And he's out here. We're out here in the driveway learning how to drive standard around and around and around. And actually, Stanley Lampson was on his little scooter thing here just just inside the garage door waving at us every time we go by, sitting there watching us. So we learned how to drive standard on a fr- Thursday and Friday. T- took two days. Saturday, we go to the racetrack with this truck. Worst experience of my life. <laughs> Get out there. And I missed a shift. Uh. And it went from... It was supposed to go into third, and it went from second to fourth. And it was bucking and doing all this crazy stuff, and I didn't know it was wrong. So I just pulled it in the infield and was bawling. Tears. <laughs> By yourself, the By whole race. By myself. Yeah. Oh, this is just practice. <laughs> oh, okay. We didn't, even, okay. we didn't even get it. So I think I got towed in because I couldn't even get myself to figure out what I was doing. Get towed in. I'm never coming back here. I'm never doing this again. Blah, blah, blah. So we didn't. We didn't come back. And then... Uh Uh-oh. So, (laughs) yeah, well, so White Mountain is known for a guy named Danny Walker. He's the kid's truck, uh, you know, the trainer or whatever. Um, And uh, Danny Walker, uh, I don't feel like Kelsey would be even... You know, uh, driving and and not only Danny and uh, and Fluffy, uh, those two guys came over and spoke with her and uh, you know, just discomforted her. You know, like, hey, it's going to be all right. I've seen this before. Um, you know, it. She was terrified. Like, yeah, sure. Not just she's she's keeping it mild. Like, like and and no, we didn't push it. Like, okay, that's fine. But uh, those two guys really, really, I you know respect both of them and. Uh, you know, we're a big part of Kelsey's career for sure. Yeah, so so that was actually kind of towards the end of the season anyways, like August probably of that year. And so didn't go back in 14, decided, okay, we're going to give it another try in 15. So we go over, they had like an open practice or like a kids yeah. driving school open practice thing. Go over there and... Again, Danny was there on the – everybody has, like, a like radio, a yeah, like a receiver yeah. thing. He's on it talking. Um, and really, I had a blast. Like, I went back, and I knew what I was doing, and he was talking and saying, oh, do this, you know, bring it up closer to the wall or just stay in your lane and stuff. And so – the practice went well, so we were like, okay, let's come back for the first race. Did that. We did about, uh, well, we did the first race, and then the second race, I graduated from eighth grade, 
went to the shop. That was on a Friday. Graduated eighth grade. Went to the shop Friday night to, you know, clean her up, get her ready, get her shined up. And uh, we were loading it the next day, and I almost drove through the front of the trailer with just loading, this thing. loading the truck. Almost, poor, poor almost ran Gop over. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, we get it loaded. Stopped the last minute, like literally she was headed through it. Oh, man. <laughs> so, oh, I forgot to put it in there. I was petrified to load the thing, and they made me. And then that happened. Well, it's their fault then. So, <laughs> so we got it loaded. We went to the racetrack. All was good. Uh, I I don't remember if it was the heat race or the feature, but there was a I was in a major wreck. A kid spun out and spun to the infield and just held it wide open and came right across the track from the infield in turn four. And uh, I just, he clipped me, and we we were both totaled. So that ended the truck days. So the truck was total, all right. It pushed the left front frame horn back 10 inches. That's how hard she Jesus. Hit. Yeah, it was a full frog. Is it a full S10 or a Ranger or something? Ranger, full size. Wow. Like a nice cage, like everything. Yeah, like yeah. She hit a ton. It was actually, there was ACT race there, and they're like, I like, we all could hear, like, whoa. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, the so tires come off the ground. It's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> What's it like the first time seeing your For child dad. crash hard? You know, it's super scary. Like, you know, I, I didn't know. Like, I was pretty much in shock. Like, what, do I run out there? Do I let the safety do their, the job? I, I didn't know what to do, really, to be honest with you. Like, like, yeah, I just stood there, like, deer in the headlights, you know? Like, it's really, uh, you know, it's a different feeling, and... But I feel like uh, if the safety is in in the cars or trucks or whatever, which, uh, you know, it was, and uh, she has a Hans and a safe seat, you know, it's belts, you know, it's really important, you know. People don't view their lives like they should. Um, you know, like the Enduros, I, I really feel they're unsafe. Um, you know, they could be safe, but put a cage in there that's right. Put a seat in there. It's right, and you know, and uh, you know. But back to that particular day, you know, it was a scary situation. You know, you know, I didn't, I didn't know, you know. And they're like, "Oh, she's moving around," and I can, you know, hear hear, hear the announcer, or whatever. But, but I just feel like people really got to step back before they do these races and make sure they do the right thing. Um, yeah. You can do what you want, but you never know. All right. So, how's mom in all this? So that particular day, I'm not sure. She, we were, me and mom were at hockey. Yeah. So, so uh, we'll get to thing. that. So, yeah. so Tanner um, played AAA hockey all over New England and Canada, and uh, I don't think she, you know, I'm pretty sure she was not there. Um, but uh, I mean, it's a good thing. You know, my wife gets a little nervous and whatever. <laughs> I mean, we're all nervous, but in a situation like that. But anyhow, uh, yeah. So luckily, she wasn't there. That's that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, Tanner, let's let's talk about you know your beginning a little bit as well, which was way more recently than I thought it was. So when I was twelve, it was what? What year did you get done in the street stocks? Two thousand seventeen. So Twenty two thousand seventeen. Dad asked me if I wanted to race the street stock, 
And I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to race go-karts. So when I was 13, 2018, we went to Rocky Ridge Raceway is what they oh, call it. Yeah. And we raced two divisions in the go-karts, the L206 and what they called the two-stroke cadets. And we were very successful in those, had a lot of fun. And in the middle of the season, we got I came home actually came home from a hockey tournament, big hockey tournament. Came home and dad said, Go in the trailer and look for something and there was the first street stock. So it wasn't just a street stock, it was a famous Gary uh Bash House. Bash house car. Yep, there you go. Jeez. Um, yep, Gary uh yeah, what what I never really knew Gary. Um, went to the shop and you know, great guy and had all kinds of stuff. A perfect race car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a perfect race car for sure. You know, and again, like he'll tell the story, but you know, you had to learn to drive standard. <laughs> was it the same out here in the driveway? Well, she, she learned it in the CRV. I learned it in the Mustang. So it was a little different. In the, in the race car? Yeah. I, I, oh, my God. Yeah, I learned in the race car. So, <laughs> I don't know. We took, we rolled the car out of the trailer. We're like, well, let's see if this thing will start. So we rolled it out. It starts up. But there's no seat in it. So we took, I don't know, a couple couple of dad's old Tiger tires and put them on the floor and put my seat in it. <laughs> and we learned to drive standard on a couple tires and a seat floating around. Good. And then we were driving it up and down the driveway I take it out in the middle of the day when dad wasn't home, you know, just learning. And then what race was it? We went to Thunder Road. Well, know. so he was racing at Rocky Ridge with Jeff Blow there. What a great guy. Yeah. Like, like really uh, just a gentleman. Ima- imagine how many champions have come out of his program. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's unbelievable. You know, and we knew nothing about go-karts and very like, you know, hey, I'll do whatever I can do to help you, you know, kind of guy. Yeah. You know, I appreciate that for sure, and uh, Tanner was successful, but, you know, it's because he gave the opportunity, you know. So anyways, uh, we got, got the car, I'm like, oh, we got to go try this, and I, you know, really wanted Tanner to, to race at Thunder Road, and so, uh, you know, talked to Chris uh, Mashad, and he's like, well, bring him up here and let's see if he can, uh, you know, be reasonable. He can hold his lane. He can drive the race car and in control. And you're how old? Uh, I was 13. 13. Never driven a race car, you know, full-size race car, you know, other than, the, yeah. you know, the go-kart. But, uh, you know, again, like, uh, you know, I'm big on, like, having that opportunity, and I feel like, that was Tanner's opportunity, you know, and, and Tanner did what he was supposed to do. And they're like, you know, Chris is like, okay, you can race this Thursday or whatever it was, yeah. you know, and that was pretty cool for Tanner and all of us. And, you know, and, uh, but uh, again, nothing happens unless you, you know, you'll get that opportunity. Yeah. So what is that Thursday like? I mean, your sister had the opportunity to race with some other kids and, you know, get the feet wet and you are thrown into the fire. Right. You know, you're, Side-by-side side with Wiener on a Thursday. <laughs> yeah, so... One thing... <laughs> the hammer over there, he knows exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, the hammer, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, like, even though Chris said we we're good to go, we still had some rules. So, I couldn't... One rule was, like, if the lap cars start to come, I gotta... I was told, get off the track, you know, get out of the way. And um, so, the heat race went good. I mean, I didn't have a handicap or anything like that, so I started in the back. And around lap 20, it was almost the end of the race. I was going good, and then here came the leaders. And I had to I had to pull off the track, unfortunately. 
So I didn't end up finishing that race. But, well, we made most of the laps. We didn't wreck out or anything. We just had to get off track. So we came back the next week. Or no, it was two weeks later we came back. And that was our second race of four that we did. And that was the first race we finished. Yeah, it went great. We finished the race. And so then the next race was Milk Bowl. And we made it to the first segment. That went great. All was good. And came around to the second segment. And I came into the turn three a little high. And, well, we all know Wiener, you know. <laughs> he got down in the rumble strips a little bit. And we got together. And I got sideways. And he got sideways. And the next second, we're... Parked on top of the turn four wall, looking at mom and everyone in the stands, <laughs> stuck, nowhere to go. Right up on the right, burn. Right up, like, right not up. the wall, the burn. The burn. Awesome. And left front, the, actually, the, we hit so hard, it hit the bottom pulleys on the motor. Jesus. And, and bent the pulleys on the motor, so we were we were really stuck right there. And so, wow. <laughs> that's how we finished off my first season. <laughs> See, I don't so, even need to know the story. I can always throw Wiener out. Yeah, that's <laughs> there's a story. Wait a minute, what? But then you went to fifty one. Then and then no, that was actually oh. that was the next season. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So then my second year in the street stock started off really good. Got in, had a couple small scrumbles at the beginning of the year, but you know kept the car together. Finished almost all the races, but. Towards the middle of the season, like at the beginning of the season, I was I struggled a lot. I mean, I was a rookie, on the road, trying to figure it out, struggled. So halfway through the season, you know, I started to figure it out and get better and better and better and fighting for rookie points. And me and Keegan Lampson had a good rookie point battle, and that went good. And then the Melk Bowl the next year, again, coming into turn three, I was too high. Or no, I was on the outside, and I was trying to get down and chop some... Uh, who was it? It was... Uh, Please let it be Wiener. No, it was lovely. It was lovely. <laughs> chopped him, coming in the corner, and he didn't lift. And what happened is his his right his right front got stuck in my left front front bumper, and it hooked us both oh, yeah. towards the wall. And this was the first year they had that new wall in the middle of the corner, and we hit that wall, and it just it destroyed everything. It ripped the K-frame out of it, ripped the K-frame men- mounts out of it, bent the frame... Destroy, destroyed both of the cars. And, yeah, that's then. So the car was destroyed. And then. <laughs> the single tear rolls down your dad's <laughs> cheek. So that car was destroyed. But we, in the middle, actually, at the beginning, end of the first season, we thought my other car was going to be destroyed. So we bought a car from Tyler Pepin. Yeah. And we got that ready to go. And we raced that full time at Thunder Road in my second year. So that car is now wrecked. So we wanted to race the Fall Brawl Speedway 51. So we got the other car out, you know. We decided to do it last second. The Bashaw car. The Bashaw car out. We decided to do it last second, pulled it out. It was in Sean's garage all summer, sitting there, cats running up and down it. All the good stuff. (laughs) Scratching the windshield. So we pulled it out of the trailer, and I don't know. I don't know if we never changed the radiator from the year before, hitting the wall, or what happened. But we went to load it up. Went to Speedway 51, and about every 10 lap, well, practice went good. For some reason, the car never overheated in practice. It went, it was great, no problems. We get to the race, and about every 10, we we started in the back, and about every 10 laps, the car would overheat. So we'd get up to fourth place, and then 
the car would be at like 350 degrees, something crazy. It just tacks right out. <laughs> the needle snaps. Needle, off. the yeah. needle is all the way. Yeah. So we'd come in and we'd pour as much water on it as we possibly could, and cool it down as much as we can, and we'd we'd go back out and we'd you know get through another 10 laps, and then I, one time we got to the point where it was so hot, I'm like, I, I can't do this anymore. So we came into the turn three and four and just turned the wheel as hard as I could. Spun out, so go back in the pits, cool it off again, and then <laughs> we. Come, that's a heads up move for a young kid. I mean, really, that's that's not too bad. We come back out, and it's, there's like ten to go. I think it was a ten car field, and we made it back up to fourth place. And then the right front wheel, half the lug nuts fell off, and there was there was there's two lug nuts left holding it on. Barely anything left. We were driving down actually the back straightaway, and one of the lug nuts hit Ashley or Eddie's, one of our crew guys, white or girlfriend. So we were, that happened. Then we drive into turn three and four, and it just yeah, yeah. the wheel just turns to the right, and we're headed straight at the wall. Last lap, passing. We were passing for third place, and somehow didn't hit the wall. I don't know how. It must have something must have happened. I don't know. It didn't hit the wall. <laughs> And we, I think we finished, end up finishing fifth, and yeah, it was, it was an eventful, eventful <laughs> race for sure. My God, those are fun races, though. You had to yeah. earn it. Oh you know, yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, let's shift gears here, and we'll bring in the hammer. Um, <laughs> Thank you for using your, your last name. Isn't Woodard, but it might as well be at this point. It, it basically, I mean, this is like. like this summer, since I've got out of college, I have pretty much spent more time with the... I've definitely spent more time with the Wooders than I have, you know, with my actual family. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm going to ask Tom's question. How do you remember motorsports coming into your life? Because your family has quite the history. So, it's kind of weird. When I was really young, it was obviously a big part of my life. So, my dad, he was racing in Bush North when before I was born, and then he raced... Maybe like a year or two after I was born, he raced until 2005. Yeah, um, so I was won born. a lot of races. Was a very he was very good road racer. He was very and, good road yeah. racer. Yeah, I really don't enjoy when we talk to people like yeah, a couple of years after I was born, like 2005. Like <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, I was in college. <laughs> I in have 2005. older than that. Yeah, yeah. So I was I was sorry to do this to you, but I was born in 2003, and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I, so I, I went to, I actually, obviously have no recollection of it, but I went to, um, you know, I went to like Watkins Glen and Lime Rock with him when I was a baby. Yeah. And I was there for, I think, one of his Lime Rock wins and a couple good races, but, you know, I didn't really remember too much of that. I just remember when I was younger, we would always watch, after he'd been done racing, you know, we'd always watch NASCAR and stuff like that. And when I was really young, I was big into racing. And then like around, I don't know, I'd say, like, when I started to get into, like, elementary school and then, like, through, like, basically, like, the first half of middle school, I wasn't that into racing because I'd just been doing, like, you know, what, you know, like, basketball, baseball, sports like that. So I'd always, you know, I like racing, but I was never, like, anything that I was too focused on. And then I think it was, for whatever reason, like, uh, I'd say seventh grade, I just kind of, like, I was just started watching more, you know, races online and stuff like that. And I went to one of my uncle Chris's races or that was, you know, I'd seen some videos. My grandpa has 
a lot of old cassettes in his house, so we watched them. And, and that's Chris Mashad for that anybody who wouldn't Mashad. know. Yeah. And he those are what people watched things on TV for everyone, a cassette. It was before DVDs. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to say I went to one of his races when I was in middle school. He was not racing then, but I went to my grandpa's house, and we were watching a ton of old tapes he had on, um, you know, on... The cassettes or whatever. Jesus VHS. Christ, VHS. It's a VHS. <laughs> you know what? You three just leave. <laughs> yeah, so we were watching some of my dad's old races, like one of his Lime Rock ones. Did it run on a crank? or? It might have, honestly. I couldn't tell you. I don't know how it works. So it was grampy? It was, yeah. me, it was all of our family because it was Thanksgiving. We were all there for Thanksgiving. And, you know, we were just watching some races. He had some old videos of Chris. He had ton of dad's old races and i was just like oh man it must be so fun and then i'd been asking you know i'd always been into motorsports i was more into like riding four-wheelers and stuff like that i was big into that and then i i remember just once i was like dad i think we we gotta like i kind of want to get into racing you know and i was thinking i live near star and lee yeah so i was thinking of something there and then you know i just we i knew that you know chris obviously you know, is obviously owns Thunder Road, and we will kind of wanted to go up there eventually. But at first, I was thinking, you know, one of those tracks. But I do remember, you know, it was just like whatever. We were. I just wanted to do something because I'd gone to some short track races, some NASCAR races, and I knew I really just wanted to run. And I wasn't really, you know, I didn't think it would actually like happen. And I remember one day I was. It was in eighth grade. And I was getting ready for like a like a date in eighth grade. You know. Just like what I don't know. Thank yeah, you no, again no, no. for Tell bringing us, up yeah. harsh memories. <laughs> it was like you, you know we were just like gonna watch a movie or something stupid like that. And I was watch a movie. That's what they call them. Yeah. <laughs> in eighth grade, <laughs> before Netflix and chill. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. No. like with, like, with, like, yeah. with my parents, yeah. 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 like with my family. But um, <laughs> hand check. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You guys are making me laugh. But, yeah, so I was I was up in the bathroom getting ready. I just got out of the shower. And my dad hadn't been back from work for a while. And it was because it was like 5 o'clock or, no, it was like later. It was like 7. And I kept asking mom. I was like, where's dad? And she's like, he went to a meeting. And I'm like, After, oh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I was confused. And then she's like, and she just told me like 30 minutes later, she's like, dad needs your help unloading something. He just got home. So I start walking outside, and I just see... My dad pulling in with like an open trailer. It, was, it wasn't even our trailer. It was one. It was just one of his friends' trailers. And then I see this. Uh, it's a. It was a Cavalier on there. It was this old Cavalier, just all black. It. It was pretty. It was kind of beat up when we got it. And but I just I saw that thing and I was like, "There's no way. There's no way we're actually <laughs> ah, doing awesome. this." Yeah. And he pulled down the driveway and he's like, "This is yours." And I was like, "Oh my god, are you serious?" He's like, yeah, we're going to be running it pretty soon at Speedway 51 or Riverside now. And I, I was so excited. And, <laughs> yeah, so we got into that a little bit later in that year. I started the same, or, you know, in the kids' division at um, Speedway 51, which I think was a good way to start. But my the first time I ever drove the car, I was, again, like Kelsey, trying to learn stick shift. I never, I knew the concept of it, but I'd never done it before. And we were testing at Star because it was just like an open day. They just wanted to get me some seat time. So I, you know, we were just hanging out there. And I, every time I'd like go to pull onto the track, I'd stall like five times <laughs> or even, and then burn the, burn the clutch. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It was, it, <laughs> screech the tires. I'd just yeah. 
give it revs and be like, oh, dump it. All right, I'm not stopping now. I got to go on the track. Yeah. <laughs> and my favorite part of that day, this is like the only thing I remember from this day, is my dad went out in the car before and he forgot to put the hood pins in. So he went out on the track just to do a couple laps, and immediately the hood just flew up on front of this car. And I was so scared because I didn't really understand. You know, I was like, what just happened? Is that going to happen to me? And then as soon as I'm going out on the track, my first time ever on a track, I'm like, is the hood going to come up? And then I get all nervous about that. But, you know, after like five, ten laps, I was good, and I was having a fun time. And then we went like a month later after that, we just went to Speedway 51 and started doing some kid division races and then moved up to, uh, you know, you could do the two classes there. So yeah. I do kids division, pull off the track, change tires, go right out for the street stocks. And then after Chris allowed me, to run at Thunder Road after a year of that, I a year and a half of that, I'd say, and then I so then I went to Thunder Road, and then been it there ever since, except for this year. <laughs> um, God, the the as you were saying, you know, recalling your dad driving in the driveway with that Cavalier on the back of an open trailer, I just like visualized the whole thing, and that's such a amazing moment right it was such an amazing moment <laughs> and what did your date think about that yeah no this, yeah no, i was right. just about that's, to say this, that that's the, the important part <laughs> i never I, I completely forgot about she's it she's still <laughs> waiting she was so she, <laughs> she is, she's actually she's my neighbor or she she still is my neighbor we're friends now but at the time we were dating and i never said anything the rest of the night i was like i'm getting ready and then the car came nothing the rest of the night nothing and she texts, she's like, what is going on? And I'm like, I, what, I gotta focus on this. We just got a car. And she's like, what? I'm like, don't worry about it. She's like, you're, she's like, you're 13. She's like, you're 13, you got a car. And I'm like, it's a race car. And she's like, what? I'm like, shh. I just gotta, I just gotta focus on this for a little bit. I literally just went out and sat in it for like 10 minutes. It was like longer than 10 minutes. It was like 40 minutes. I was just sitting there like, can't wait for this. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. Making noise. I was, yeah. Making of course she knew. I was right. making her noise, so I was getting Make ready. I started it up, and I was, I'm not making noises on this podcast for you. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of that Cavalier is it didn't have... I thought all race cars were just really hard to turn because it didn't have power steering, and I was 13. I'm still very skinny, but imagine as the, imagine as a 13-year-old kid with a front-wheel drive car yeah. with no power steering. Yeah. After, like, five laps, my arms would be killing me, and I'm like, oh, my God, these people must be so strong. And then I got in the car we bought from them, the Mustang, Kelsey's old Mustang, and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. This is great. You drive it with one finger. This is the yeah. best thing ever. Yeah. Well, I didn't even have that. didn't have power steering. No power steering. Oh, it was just because it was rear wheel really drive. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, let's, uh, we've got the beginnings out of the way for all of you. But, you know, kind of the star of the show here at Thunder Road for the last oh, decade or so is, is you, Jason. And um, we were talking before we hit record that uh, we were recalling your old Enduro car. And what a fabulous piece of shit that was. I mean, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, actually, you know, back that time I was uh, driving truck and I was uh, pumping sewer tanks and whatever it took and... Uh, so a guy there had this car sitting back in the you know, side, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing with that Lumina? He's like, I don't know. Why you want it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Is it run? Is it move? 
And uh, he's like, hey, well, yeah, I think it moves, yeah. Uh, but I can't get it inspected. So I'm like, all right, what do you want for it? He's like, oh, 50 bucks, good? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so, so anyways, we, we got it home, and actually it ran really good. And um, we did our thing, and, you know, uh, it had a lot of rot. I can remember yeah. that. A lot of rot. Yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> for 50 bucks, and you're not, you can't inspect it. So... We got it home, jacked it up, and started blowing rust at you know, rust everywhere and holes in the floorboard and whatever. And I'm like, man, is this thing gonna last? Well, everything was connected and suspension was there, and uh, the boys looked at it and you know we're like, ah, we'll give it a shot. So, anyways, we we put a cage in it and uh, you know and uh, tuned it up best we could and uh, which wasn't much and uh, put some numbers on it and. Uh, uh, went went to the first race, you know. I'm I'm feeling, you know, I'm I'm ready to go. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to win it first lap. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the race starts, and I'm just down in, in the inner, inner, you know, down off the inner infield there on the speed bumps, and just passing cars after another, and like giving it for everything I had, you know, and so. Uh, I don't know, like you guys are all racing Durrells, right? No. Tom hasn't, but he gets it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, at a certain point, you know, you just got to go with the flow, you know. And uh, yeah. Durrells are, you know, the first uh, 50 to 100, just go with the flow. You know, just keep it moving. And uh, I didn't realize that. I thought I was going to get it done from the start, you know. So literally, I, you know, the first thing that happened, the brakes started like shaking bad. You know, we come in the corner, you get on the brakes, you know. So uh, I'm like, okay, and I'm still running really hard. <laughs> and so uh, and then uh, I saw some smoke, but whatever, and we got the, the brakes are shaking, we got the smoke. Uh, um, radio didn't work, so I was just talking to myself, I guess, whatever. But, you know, maybe my tongue's sticking out. I don't know. Ricky Bobby goggles and stuff. Here we go. So we just keep going, and I don't know what lap it was, but I came in just past the fire truck, um, turn one, and there was major smoke, like really a lot of smoke. Then I felt like like it was getting hot, and the smoke was inside the car. I'm like, man, I can't stop. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm on fire. So I, you know, I'm like, uh, uh, just keep going, right? The fire, you know. Go behind me and I'll drive the fire truck. I'll shoot, drive the fire truck. So, shooting so. flames like the Batmobile. This, yeah. this is, yeah, this is uh, 2009. That's when it was. 2009. So You're a mature adult at this point, yeah, right? Yeah. Not very smart, right? Yeah. So I literally drove around all the way to turn one and got the hell out of that car as fast as I could. Um, and it was, it was, you know, the pictures are cool. It was, it was definitely on fire all the way around the track. And, uh, you know, if anybody wants to race enduro, don't do that. Um, you know, just just start the race and stay out of trouble and keep it rolling and, you know, get after it later in the race. But pretty much what I did, I got to heat the brakes so hot, they were on fire. Like people could say the, the rotors were glowing. And I uh, blew up the transmission seal and the oil went everywhere and it caught a fire. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was an experience. Uh, we uh, got it, got the fire out. We loaded it up and brought it home, you know. And uh, 
You know, that's where it started. Um, that's the needle in the vein. That's the needle in the vein. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I just loved it. I loved, like, the experience that I had was, yeah, I caught on fire, but what I felt like I won the race, even though I didn't by no means <laughs> win the race. You know, I passed so many cars. Yeah. But uh, that wasn't, you know, the, the name of the game for that race. And, uh, you know, later now, thinking about it, I think uh, – you know, as I get older, every race you got to have a plan. You know, and uh, um, that plan that I had for that race was not the right plan. So, anyways, <laughs> we uh, we found another Lumina, Craigslist or whatever, and got it back here. And uh, you know, Stanley came up, and you know, Guppy and uh, Guppy uh, got down the road, done a lot for us, and great guy, and. Uh, he actually was at his old uh, fab shop. He built fire trucks down the road here, about a mile away. So, anyways, we got it, you know, pretty well ready, uh, drivable. And I don't know, probably it was around 11 o'clock at night. Um, what if Cup's still up? We gave him a call and said, hey, Cup, can you paint our car? And he actually was at his shop still. Well, you know, what? Well, perfect. So, we <laughs> at 11, 11 at night. 11 at night, you know, we're, we're probably a week away from duro time in 2010 you know uh so we drove it down there we had somebody i had somebody in front of me somebody behind me and uh mile down the road we went down to the cup shop at 11 o'clock and uh he he uh he took all his fire truck paint whatever and mixed it up and it was like a maroonish red yeah, color yeah. it looked great yeah i mean the lumina looked great looked perfect and i remember the kids out here were Got it back here after that and got it lettered up. And uh, we were, uh, you know, I think Cal- Tanner was driving maybe and Kelsey was standing by the door, you know. and oh, uh, you We know, were tickled. We they were, were pumped. We were out there taking NASCAR photos. Yeah, oh, on, yeah. The, on the lawn, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, had the posing. thing shined Absolutely. up. Oh, yeah. So we had this <laughs> beauty paint job by Gup and Stan tuned her up, you know, mechanically and setup wise and uh you know whoever else was here you know, we were ready you know but in that year's time you know i smartened up a bunch on that race sure about yeah, it, yeah, whatever, yeah. and uh yeah. um went to went to the daryl 2010 and uh man i did really good i got fourth and i had a flat tire and i had some trouble but man i did good that's a good race right yeah had all those cars and i just you know, like I said, learn from the first race, the second race, flow, and then and, and get after it later in the race. But uh, um, the Luminas um, just seemed to, I liked them. You know, they, they, they were rugged. I feel like the, the, the Daryl at Thunder Road is like a high-speed demolition derby. Um, you know, and you got, you're going to get hit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not the, Luminas aren't the fastest car. So anyways, I thought it was a hot shot fourth. I'm, I'm good. Right. So I went to Groveton next, I believe. Mm. They want me. <laughs> not the same. <laughs> they want me. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever. We had a good time. We, you know, it was like a double header kind of deal. And, uh, you know, we brought the camper over there and it started our fun, you know, family, family racing team. And I guess you would say, and, had our fun and did our race, and uh, I don't know. We didn't finish that great, but that's all right. We had fun. So then I'm like, oh, let's get this thing fixed up. And there was an enduro down in Devil's Bowl. Yep. Yeah, I remember. In, and, like, the middle of November or something. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing, though. They whooped me. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, any new driver would get this, like, the saying is it's kind of like a drug, okay? You, you start, you want more. You want more, you know? And You have to do it. You have to do it, you know? And so uh, Ken Chrisman, he posted a car in uh, 2010. Actually, I bought it in 2011. It was the middle of winter. Um, I'm like, hey, Ken, what do you got there? You know, I knew, I remember talking to Ken at the racetrack. He did really well the year before with it. and uh, You won every race. Almost. Won every, yeah, yeah, almost every race, yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, that seems fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyways, I'm like, we made a deal. and uh, Well, we didn't make a deal yet. He's like, I'll come up and check it out. We'll talk about it. So uh, I'm like, oh, hey, Kobe, my wife there. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go check out a race car. What? Yeah, I look at a race car. Oh, what are you going to do with that? I'm like, well, I'm going to race it some. <laughs> Only once a week. I'm going to race yeah. it some. So, <laughs> so uh, she's like, yeah, okay, all right. So uh, we uh, and the Cavado boys and uh, I think Brooksy went too. I whatever uh, we went to to Cabot. Um, it was at. I believe Ken's mom's house, way it worked, or somebody's, one of his relatives. Doesn't really matter. Well, get there and make, man, that looks nice. That's a race car, yeah. You know, some different alumina, right? And uh, so uh, he's like, ah, oh, it won't start. Like, that battery's dead. I'm like, oh, well, I got to hear it run, you know? Yeah. So uh, he's like, all right, well, let's push it out there and we'll, we'll, we'll push it and jumpstart it. And sure enough, you know, fires right up. Man, that thing sounds cool, right? You know, Jetta. So I'm like, I'm like, I gotta have that. Yeah. You know, you know. I think we dickered over a hundred dollars or something. I don't know, whatever. But and he's like, but the deal is, you gotta take everything. I'm like, okay, what's that mean? Uh, a lot of shit. So, uh, so anyways, we we loaded that thing up, and we had a trailer full and a truck full, and Stuff underneath the car, and middle of winter, and it's snowing, and we put a tarp over the front, keep it, you know, from the salt and snow and whatever. And we got it home, and, uh, you know, uh, it just was a fun car. You know, it was a, a Volkswagen. Uh, so anyways, we worked on it over the winter. Uh, I hired a guy, uh, I remember, uh, he wanted some side work, and he put new, you know, new body parts on it. Um... You know, and uh, then it was time to paint, and then uh, again, hey, Gup, you know, what do you think? Can you can you make it a red rocket, like Brooksy's? You know, and uh, he's like, yeah, I can do that, I can do that. So he, he painted that thing up, and, uh, you know, really, I did nothing to that car. Um, it just was really fast. Uh, I mean, I might have played with a stag or whatever, but, you know, like, it was just good. Like, one of those cars, like, wow. So, you know, I just... You just drive it. You know, the first race didn't didn't uh, go so hot, you know. I, well, it kind of did. I mean, I got third, but I feel like I was all over the place and, um, you know, it is what it is. But after that, like, I really started getting it. And uh, I remember, you know, key guys, the Ken was a big help, and uh, Sandman, George Sanders, and, uh, oh yeah, well. you know, Danny Doyle, and... Uh, just all those guys, I always remember, you know, when I remember I see them, I always make sure to go back and see them and uh, say, hey, you guys doing? No matter where, you know, you are in this world, just make sure, like, you remember where you started and where you came from. And 
nobody's better than anybody else. And uh, I, I've driven that home. I feel that we, we've done a good job with these, all three of these kids here. You know, uh, uh, it's important to me, like, you treat everybody the way you want to be treated. Um, and uh, it goes back to the racing. When I first started racing, you know, those guys saying, hey, what do you need? Hey, you need a tire change, you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, uh, that that's, that's pretty cool. You know, D, uh, Donnie Yates, uh, you know, just all those the local, the core guys over there in that pit are, are still good guys, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm forgetting somebody. It doesn't mean I've forgotten you, you know, absolutely not. So, uh, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I, I, I truly appreciate everything that they, they did for me and, uh, you know what a year we had. We won, uh, I think, nine or nine races, whatever it was. Yeah. You know, uh, a rookie, never driven before, really a real race car. Not that the Jettas were a real race car, but more like a that, race car. That one was. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know, I can remember. I mean, you you know, don't take this the wrong way, but it's the truth. You killed the division. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did. <laughs> the He's, Warrior Division ended after that year. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I remember Tom. He was just, Tom Curley. That is. <laughs> He's like, oh, we gotta, we gotta do something different. So they had to start backwards. We had to go backwards. Yeah, yeah. One race, and he was doing different things with us. But you know, yeah, it was so fast, man. Like I, and literally, I did nothing to it other than, like, maybe just a stagger, or whatever. Uh, I remember Kevin Streeter, even, uh, you know, high school buddy, and uh, he's like, oh, you know, do the reverse stagger and all this stuff, and he's like, I'm like, holy. I'm even faster, you know. So, so, uh, uh, but uh, it's the really, 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 um, you know. That's where I started, and then. Uh, but anyways, uh, those po- those folks over there in the in the street stock pound uh, are, are good people, and uh, you know, yeah, very appreciative of all those guys for sure. And as the oldest, Kelsey, are you like thinking that my dad is so cool? Or are you like, is this a midlife crisis? <laughs> Um, I thought, I thought it was cool to go there and watch, but Tanner, man, Tanner was his, oh my God, my dad is so cool. He'd go down there, our grandmother would bring us to the race, and he'd go down there with her flip phone, he had these Walmart sunglasses on, and grandma's flip phone, and he's down there taking pictures of dad with his trophy in Victory Lane, I remember it down there, because I'd have to bring him down. And I would just, you know, stand there for the picture. But, oh, no. Tanner thought it was the freaking coolest thing. I'm going to take a picture of my dad with this camera. <laughs> There's a picture on my wall. I don't know which camera I took it, but Buzz or whoever took it. I got my grandma's little flip phone out, you know, taking pictures. And there's Callus watching me take the picture. And it's just, it's a cool picture. It shows it all. We're all there. I got like a picture, like it's around. I'm kneeling on one knee and he's standing there and he's got the trophy. And it's like just the background in Victory Lane, right? It's just a picture you would, you dreamed about, really. Like it's a cool picture. And, uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, uh, you know, with the kids coming down and my mom's support, like I said, she back in the day, she was she was literally bringing me to Warren, Vermont, which is thirty minutes minimum, dropping me off at Norm Andrews' shop and coming back home and going back to pick me up around nine nine thirty at night. You know, that's pretty cool. You know, uh, my mom spent a lot of time. I actually, know. I remember 
because I was still track announcing at Speedway 51 when you were running with the kids division, and they would sit right in front of me. <laughs> and I always knew I could get a cheap pop if I mentioned Kelsey's name. And I also knew that I couldn't say anything bad because they could literally <laughs> hear yes. and they would yes. turn. She, they would turn on a dime. She gets rowdy in the stands and she will fight you. Even if, <laughs> even if she is maybe wrong, she, she will not go down. Yeah. Not go down easy. She's a tough one, man. Oh, yeah. but, uh, her little, and little, little lady. Yeah. Not very big, but feisty. No. He mentioned Donnie Yates. So Donnie Yates, uh, you know, so he was racing street stocks. Uh, she was moving up from Daredevils to to a, a street stock at Thunder Road, and Donnie Yates built her engine, actually, um, Mustang engine. He, he's not known for Mustang engines. He's known for uh, those Hondas, Hondas oh, yeah. and stuff. And, yeah. you know, he did a great job. He really did, you know. And uh, uh, there's a – so at any – Everybody has their certain expertise, I guess. Want to say and like for he gave us a nice product, um, you know. But there, what happened? You know, he doesn't do it. Didn't do it anymore after that year, just because others had figured out how to build a better product. I guess you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. So, anyways, but Donnie was big on like not just the engine, helping Kelsey, uh, you know, navigate just not on the racetrack, the pit area, you know, just. Get to know people and you know give help, helpful hints to her and you know us. You know uh, we I never raced street stock either, so right. I didn't know. You know I did the junkyard warriors and went to tigers. So, um, but when you say Donnie was just all around good guy for sure. Yeah, for sure. Helped us. Get in with the, the street stock crowd. You know, yeah. they're the, kind of like... Yeah. Like mafia. The, well, it's no, like, but you're right. The, the driving is the easy part. you yeah. got to break yeah. in. you got to break in. you got to be a part of the, yeah. the, That's right. the clan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he helped us that way and tips like, yeah. hey, don't do this. I mean, he literally that. spent that whole winter on her two engines. Like, yeah. and she had the best exhaust out there, some ceramic high heat stuff he don't got. give all the secrets away <laughs> but really i don't think it's what he put on my honda civic no you know not. but yeah. you know you get what you pay for right right well he was free <laughs> <laughs> that does not sound that's like actually not an endorsement no, no no he was really so reasonable too reasonable man like you know and i can't thank him enough for what yeah. he did for kelsey for sure so what year was that that you started in street stocks? Uh, so that would have been uh, 2016. 16, okay. Street stocks at Thunder Road and Speedway 51. Yep. In 2016, you are starting to really do it seriously. Dad here has already established himself, which means it goes from one race car to two. So there's some balls being juggled in the air here, and... A Mustang does not in any way relate to a metric frame Tiger car. So how how are you doing that? Yeah, so so uh, again, like Steve Guptill, uh, Eric Austin, we call him Eddie. Um, I mean, they were our core for Celts. Uh, Dale Marshall, too. I uh, mean, he was my crew chief, or, you know, with Stan. Uh, 
And though Stanley, Dale, Eddie, and Gup, um, a matter of fact, I can remember one night, Eddie took out Kelsey's engine twice or three times, whatever it was. <laughs> and uh, we get it in and something else would go wrong. Put it, take it back out, fix it, put it back in, something else. So, you know, uh, so where I was going with it, uh, we had my car here. And that car Kelsey was driving was a built car. Um, Guppy did most of the work. You know, we got a rolling frame from Mustang Matt up in Maine, which was uh, about five hours away, if I remember right. Um, and he was Mustang Matt. Uh, we got this clean Mustang, and then we went to his, uh, his parks uh, house or garage, and uh I mean, he had some engines and cut heads and stuff. I'm like, oh, man, we can't use that stuff. But we got some <laughs> interesting stuff from him, you know. And uh, so Mustang Matt got the car back and uh, Guppy uh, and Kelsey, and she had a lot of cuts and bruises. I remember I got some pictures of her with her overalls on and her goggles. And <laughs> there's pictures on the on down at Gup's shop, uh, you know, with her and Dale and Gup and, you know, Eddie down there just going for it and, um, you know, those years and those experiences, like she'll remember that rest of her life, you know, building, it's not easy to build a Mustang, you know, you got to strip them all out and you got to, you got a lot, do a lot of cutting and grinding. And if you want to like do a nice job, you know, you can just get in there with a hacksaw, but you know, Gup's not all about that. Like it's, it's the best, you know, best you can do or don't do it at all. You know, it's just the way it is. You build yeah. a fire truck. So, you know, he built that Mustang, uh, what year was it? 2016. 2016, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, it was a, you know, just a, he put tin in the interior and, you know, put some uh, sa- uh, extra safe uh, rails in it, uh, just, uh, you know, just to make it safer, you know, yeah. uh, and, uh, but yeah, so his, her car was down there actually, and uh, most of the time, and so we had, you know, the old shop here, we just had my car, so it was easily manageable. You know, with them especially helping us. Hmm. Well, I'm going to get back to your street stocks yeah. in a second. I want to build off something Justin said, and I had thought of this question. Let's fast forward to today. In this beautiful shop, and there's cars wall to wall. Does all these cars take away from your driving success? It's got to be harder because it's no longer. I just have to make my car fast. Yeah. So. I felt up until uh, this past year when they changed the tires, I mean, I really felt like we had figured out, you know, the you know we, the American racers are known as a truck tire, really rigid, um, not as good of a tire as a Hoosier tire. But I'd, we'd figured them out, you know. We'd figured out how to do that, and I was able to, you know, just give it some time and, like, lap 10 on, I you know, it would just – my car wouldn't drop off. It would just stay the same, you know? Yeah. So I, up until last year, I felt like I had it under control. Last year was the first time I felt like, man, I'm I'm off at Thunder Road. Like, I just, I, I got to step back and give Tanner an opportunity here. I can't do this. I can't give these kids the, the cars that they need. And, you know, uh, it was hard. You know, I, I still think I'm pretty pretty good driver and knowing I still have it. Um, but I know the goal is not me, you know, and 
goal is for give these guys their opportunity and uh and I have just as much fun or more. I really do. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that's hard to explain, like the feeling. Um, but uh, anyways, once I got past the first week, I was, I mean, I was like, again, back to like when I was on the crew day, like more nervous than Tanner was or B-Wall was because, or Kels was. This, the three of them were racing at Thunder Road and, you know, and uh, man, we had some good times, good runs, and uh, we had some struggles, but uh you know, uh, at the end of the day, I, I feel like the tires, you know, really threw me, our team, for a wicked loop. But saying that, then we go to White Mountain. Again, we're working hard to figure this out, you know. Like, we're throwing stuff at it. Among you, uh, I started Tiger Racing in 2012. And if I changed the spring, it was rare. You know, I unloaded good. I would change the jack and roll. I would check and change, you know, stagger, but I wouldn't change a spring, never. Yeah, it's set up. It's set, so, you know, like, just go there and you should be good. We were that far off, you know, the first race last year at White at Thunder Road. But I learned a lot from the first race, you know, and actually, you know, I even reached out to Chuck Beattie. I'm like, Chuck, you know, what do you, what do you think, bud? You know, I'm... He's really, really sharp guy, you know, and uh, he helped me, helped us a ton. Went to White Mountain, and, uh, you know, we were really, really good. I mean, Tanner uh, raced there, and B-Wall, when B-Wall did, he was good too. Uh, um, but that goes to show you, like, every track's different. Um, but like I said, we figured out White Mountain. Uh, we were, we, what did we win? Eight races last year between the both of us, or not two more now. More than that, because he ran four. I did seven, and you did four, so yeah. eleven races. But it doesn't matter. The point is, like, um, back to your question is, I feel like yes, last year it was affecting me. And I couldn't concentrate on my car, and I couldn't give them what they needed at the road. The one thing that every race car driver fears is fire. But you can take the right steps to protect yourself, and the first step is to call VT Fire. VT Fire is a professional fire suppression system installation company that can get you one step ahead of disaster with state-of-the-art fire safety and suppression systems. But it doesn't stop with just race cars. VT Fire can handle sales and installation of all types of suppression systems for paint booths, gas station canopies, commercial and residential kitchens, and more. Servicing all of Vermont and New Hampshire and expanding into New York. Protect yourself on and off the track with a fire suppression system from VT Fire. Call Hunter Garduno at 802-793-7919 or find VT Fire on Facebook. New England weather is unpredictable, and when the power goes out, you'll need a backup plan. That's why you should call Bushy's Generator Sales and Service in Springfield and Brookfield, Vermont. Bushy's is your source for home standby generators, and they are the number one Briggs & Stratton dealer in the state of Vermont. From sales and installation to service and maintenance on all makes and models of generators from 10 kilowatts to 200. And if you order a home standby generator from Bushy's between now and the Milk Bowl in October, mention that you heard this ad on Uncommon Deeds and receive a $500 discount. 
Bushy's Generator Sales and Service covers all of Vermont and New Hampshire, as well as Massachusetts, Connecticut, and New York. Give them a call at 802-591-1903 or visit their Facebook page or bushysgenerator.com. Bushy's Generator Sales and Service of Springfield and Brookfield, Vermont. We keep your power on. Barry Tile and Morrison Clark Incorporated have got you covered, literally. They're your number one stop in central Vermont for all types of flooring, whether it's tile, carpet, hardwood, or any other type of flooring, indoor or outdoor, for your home or your business. Barry Tile staff are qualified installers who can offer you real-world flooring experience and knowledge that you don't always find in the big chain stores. But you don't need our endorsement. They've been family-owned and operated since 1972, which means... They're celebrating 50 years in business in 2022, and that stands for itself. And hey, not only are they great at what they do, they're racers too. You got it, man. Check out Barry Tile's Facebook page to see some examples of their incredible work. You can call them the old-fashioned way, 802-476-0912, or just stop into the showroom, 889 South Barry Road in Barry, Vermont, and make sure that you tell them that the guys at Uncommon Deeds sent you. Thanks to all our sponsors who help us bring this show to you for free every single week. Now, back to our show. So now we we add Brian's car in. Yeah. And A, how does that deal come about? B, why did you take it on and add more workload? I was telling you about the Cavalier before, and my grandpa wanted, we all wanted, to get into a, a Mustang for when we went to Thunder Road. Because we'd done like three or four races at Thunder Road in the Cavalier. And it wasn't great. And my grandpa being a Ford guy and all of us being a Ford people, really. He just wanted to, he's like, we got to, you know, if we want to get serious about this division, I think it's better to get you in a Mustang. They're rear wheel drive. They'll set you up for your future when, you know, other cars and stuff like that. And besides, I like Mustangs better than Cavaliers. (laughs) We literally, the Cavalier had a Ford sticker over the Chevy emblem on the front. So. That's just, you know, he wanted a real Ford. <laughs> so we were looking into a couple of different cars. And then um, one of the, we actually asked Chris, we're like, do you know anyone that's selling a, a street stock, a Mustang, that's, you know, really good, really safe, you know, just he, he wanted a, a good, fast car, but he was also very concerned about safety and stuff like that. And he's like, I know I have, he really only told us about Kelsey's car because he knew she was looking to, you know, sell that. And he's like, this is probably the best built car that's available right now. And, you know, it's very safe. They do a great job. Kelsey was really fast in it. It's just, it's probably the best Mustang available at Thunder Road right now. So, you know, we were, we just met up with them in the pits. We, I think he got in contact with you, I believe. We met up in the pits. They let me test drive it a few times. And then, you know, after I drove it, I knew I was like, I like this car. It's good. And then, yeah, so we made a deal with them. And then, you know, we didn't really know anything about setting up Mustangs. So that's where they also, you know, were nice enough to help us, like, start setting up the cars and learning how to do that and, you know. Ever since then, they just did such a good job with the Mustang and just all the help that they give us and, you know, the setup on the cars. I mean, it was always fast and not even just with the results in the cars and stuff. It's just like they're all, you know, obviously we in, I enjoy spending time with them. I wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't be with them for like five years if we didn't 
right. enjoy yeah. spending time right. with them <laughs> and like what they do. You know, they just do such a good job. So, you know, it just continued through every division really until, you know, up till now with going into a late model this year. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, uh, contacted me. He's like, Hey, uh, my dad, we call him the King or Crampy or John Wall. Okay. <laughs> or, no, Mr. Wall. or Mr. Wall. But, uh, John is uh, just, uh, just one of those guys, you know, really well liked, uh, gentleman. Um, anyways, they came to the shop, Gup shop and, uh, and, uh, they came in and chit chatted with us there, Chris and John only. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, hey, we like it. You know, what we, what do you want for it? And told him the price, and uh, that was it, you know. And uh, he hit, I feel like he had trust in us and, and had trust in him. And, uh, you know, we love Brian coming up and been with us since. But back to where it all started, you know, with us, you know, we decided to build a new car um, instead of buying a car off the track other than, you know, when we did with Tanner. But anyways, with Kelsey, we built a car. Uh, well, we bought a car, but it wasn't not a junker, but it wasn't very nice. <laughs> but it, all, it went decent, but whatever. We didn't learn anything from it. Put it that way. So we uh, literally built a new car, and you know, I felt like uh, we really just struggled. You know, most of the first season with Kelsey at Thunder Road, yeah. because that old car, the Daredevil days at Speedway uh, Fifty One, she was really, really quick with that thing. Um, I don't know what we missed at Thunder Road. I know it's a different track, but uh, she was definitely in the top three every week or winning. Um, and that's not everything, but I just felt like the car went great, you know? And, but this new car did not. <laughs> so uh, we uh, built the car. She raced the first year in 2016. 16. You know, and we... We worked hard all winter to figure out how to make one of these things go and uh, reached out to a lot of different people um, that were super helpful, you know, and not all were helpful, you know, but a lot were. And uh, so when she came back the next year in 2017, she almost won the championship, Yeah, you know, and uh, it's because of all the hard work, again, back to Dale and uh, Eddie and Gup and myself and Stan and, and whoever – Brooks, Brooks even helped some, you know, and, uh, you know, it just takes a team sometimes you got to dig deep. Um, and then, then, like I said, uh, at the end of that season, uh, the Walls bought the car, and it's one of those cars. I mean, it's still around. It's actually sitting um, at uh, Michael John Massetti's uh, garage um, for his son, and he's going to race that someday, you know, and uh, I'm excited for him because I, I know it's a – is a car capable of winning a championship for sure? Yep. Hmm. Yep. Matter of fact, I got a story though for when Brian, it was the first or second race. Oh, the jump? I don't know. But what you the did. The jump? I was trying to win it in the first lap. So. <laughs> that was not even my fault. Maybe maybe you should tell a story Are about later. Talking about the jump in the wall one. On top of the Jersey Barriers, yep. That was the first race. Yeah, first so race out. It was, yeah, it was either, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was my first. It might have been my second in that car. And um, I don't really remember what was, like, where I was in the field or anything. I just remember it was about halfway through the race, and I was going down the front stretch, and it was before they had 
you know, the wall around the whole track. I don't know if they remember the wall in the on the front stretch was like curved. Oh, I remember like that a, part of the wall. Almost, almost like a yeah. ramp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I was going down the front stretch and I was just sitting there and I didn't think anything was happening because I didn't see anything happening out front. And I wasn't, you know, I couldn't see right next to me. I had no idea what was happening. And all of a sudden I just get hit in the right rear. And from within a second of just, I'm like, I'm going into this turn. Here we go. Everything's all good. I'm looking head on at the wall. And, <laughs> yeah, I just go right into that thing, jump it. And I remember, I thought I was going to, like, I hit the nose. I landed right on the nose of the car. There's a great picture of it. You can actually see Jason in the background of the picture. He's up in that. Yeah, that's literally what he's doing. He's got his sunglasses on. He has, like, no reaction. He's just like, <laughs> he looks confused. Glad they prepaid for that. Like, yeah, yeah. Probably exactly. Honestly, I was thinking, like, man, okay. that car's destroyed. And how he did it and landed directly on top of that Jersey Barriers and kind of, like, rolled off it, I don't know. He didn't destroy the car. Yeah. By no means. Um, the throttle was stuck wide open, or maybe his big no, foot. No, it wasn't, it wasn't stuck wide open. I was hitting the throttle. <laughs> so I was, I've been watching – I'd, like, watched rally racing before, and I know that when they go <laughs> – I was related to that. I like. I know when they jump, you know, they just land. They sit on the throttle because it moves the car back. Same with motocross. I I like motocross and four wheelers and stuff. So I know if you held the throttle wide open, it would like try to, you know, bring the back end like that. So I was like, Stock maybe it'll work like this. Yeah. I was like, maybe it'll work. So I was like, bop, 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 bop. and yeah. then. I mean, maybe it worked. You never know. If it I didn't, didn't do that, nope, it didn't. It didn't. No, they didn't destroy the car. I didn't so. destroy well, the car, so you can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, it was scary, though, coming down and looking, like, right at... Like, what I remember when I was coming down at the ground, I was just looking at pavement, and I was like, oh, my God. Mm. I thought I was going nose over, but, yeah, somehow it wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been. So, obviously, that's props to how good the car was built by you guys and how safe it was because obviously I didn't, you know, nothing happened to me. Right. And the car was <laughs> definitely not nearly as bad as it could have been. Obviously, you know, it wasn't great, but you know, it could have, you know, I thought it was total too. When, yeah. I, when I, I landed, I was like, well, this, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> it's not good. If it me. was a rally car, you would have just drove right out. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, I have. We kind of have. I kind of have a habit going of like every time I get in a new car, something bad happens. (laughs) It already happened in the late model last year, so (laughs) we got that out of the way early. (laughs) Well, you didn't skip the tiger, remember? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, Kelsey, how was that transition from the Daredevils to Thursday night every week? Went from being really good in the Daredevils, basically getting a trophy every week, to being really bad at Thunder Road. And, man, I think I finished, like, last or, like, a couple in front of last every single week. Every week. Or didn't even finish the race. Spin out. Never run. The car wouldn't run. This or that. Really, we didn't know anything about Mustangs at Thunder Road on, like, race tires because the Daredevils are on treaded treaded street tires. So we finished 24th in points that year. So bad. But then the next year, so 2017, came back, gained all this knowledge uh, over the winter, 
and we were super fast every week. Like I was getting trophies all the time. Never won. I've I've yet to win a race, but maybe maybe someday. Uh, super fast. Came back, finished second in points. Almost won the championship. I was up there. Al Maynard. It was me, yes. Cooper Bouchard, Al Maynard, and uh, Jamie Davis. All we were tied going into the the final race, and I I kid. I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like, it's a race. Whatever. I don't care. Like, didn't even think about that. Holy moly, I could win a championship right now. But uh, I came up a little short to Jamie Davis, I think. And I finished second in points. And so at the awards banquet that after the season, I was like, man, I got to prepare a speech for this second in points. Like, I thought I was a hot dog. Pretty cool. And then, so get through all the street stock point awards, rookie of the year, blah dee da da And then they go into the most improved driver award. And they're they're going on, you know, like they don't give it away right away. They say, this driver, so-and-so. And they say my name. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, went up there. I didn't even know what to say, yeah, really. They changed it. It's not for... Each division, it's for the whole track. For the whole track. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I got that. That was that was super cool because I didn't expect it at all. Um, and that was just – that was one of the coolest awards that I've won. I won two really cool awards, and that was one of them. So. It was um, that same season that we got to see you at Devil's Bowl, yes. too. Yes, I, I, maybe in both cars, right? The uh, yeah, the tiger car yes. too. Um, yeah. yeah, so that was your first taste of tiger racing. So that's a that's and a oh good my story. god, yes, please. I mean, well, you were only there what two or three times, maybe four. Uh, I was most, there but, three or four times, yeah. but let's know. talk about buying the car first. All right, five, five times, right? Or, uh, four, you can do five to five races or. Whatever. I think I did nah, four that's races. right. That's right. Yeah. Four that's right. races. Yeah. Whatever. <clears throat> so we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're doing all this street stock racing. We're doing feeling pretty hot. You know, we're like, uh, we're pretty good. I guess it's time to see about moving up. And so we want we he dad wanted me to get some experience before the next season moving up. Just gets you a little bit better for or next for your rookie year, so you can do you can do five races to keep your rookie status for the next year. So we were down at Gup Shop, and we were all, we were all talking about yeah we should think about seeing about a car, you know, just casually talking about it. And then like the next day, or maybe a couple days later, Todd Pembroke stops in to Gup Shop. I think he needed he. I think he needed something fixed or. Yeah. So Todd Pembroke, number twenty seven, late model. Uh, it's Kyle's dad. Kyle's dad. dad. Yeah. Kyle's dad. Yeah. 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 So he stops into Gup's and needed something repaired or something, and Gup goes, "Hey, do you still have that? Do you still have Kyle's Tiger car? What's going on with that?" And Todd goes, "Ah, it's just sitting in the garage collecting dust. Got stuff stacked on top of it." Nothing really. And Gup goes, oh, were, were you thinking about selling it? Or what were you thinking about doing with it? And he, he's like, ah, why don't you guys stop by sometime and, and have a few beers and check this thing out? 
So, so this is Gup, Kelsey, and I, and Gup's son. So, yeah. The four of us go up to the Pembrokes. <laughs> and we get up there, and the first thing... I'm 15, 16 years old. 15 must have been. 15 or 16 years old. Anyway, I, I bring these guys up there. And the first thing, Todd comes out and goes, Hey... You guys like such and such beer on draft? I got a keg down downstairs in the basement. <laughs> so this is how you buy a race car. Yes. <laughs> so they go down there and they they get glass, fill up their glasses, or and then we go out to the the garage where the car is. He, and he brings a pitcher too. Oh yeah, full cup and a pitcher. Yeah. So whining and dining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we go out there and we're. We're checking this thing out. They're, they're having beers and talking, and I don't even think we got to the car until like later in the night because they were just you know, look, look checking out the late model and looking at stuff. So we 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 finally knock the dust off the car and check it out. Mouse poop everywhere. On top of the dust car all over it. Stuff all stacked on top of it. Top web. Yeah, it's a mess. It's disgusting. He told us that, though. He said it's been sitting for a while. So, <laughs> whatever. They're talking about it. And he, Dad sends me and Steve Guptill's son out to the truck and says, Hey, there's a brown bag out in the truck. Go grab the brown bag. And so we did. We grabbed the brown bag. <laughs> There's money in the brown bag. <laughs> you can finish the story because I don't really, the logistics of it kind of. I'm like, what are you going to have for the car? And uh, he's like, oh, you know, just, you know, good honest offer, really. Like, just, or whatever. I'm like, well, I got a brown bag. Does that cover it? And he's like, if it doesn't work, I'll call you in the morning. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you just leave this here. So yeah. I I feel like the, yeah, that's all we did. We left uh, the brown bag with some cash in it, and you know, never got a call. So yeah, I mean, hold on. Did you take the race car home with you? No. Okay. No, no. So this is yeah, you're yeah. an idiot, right? Yeah, no, we yeah. left we left the brown bag, and we had to come back and get it. So if there was the issue, we would you know Todd would have. Definitely said something, but Todd was a, you know, a, again, an opportunity. He he uh, viewed it as helping another young racer, you know, and uh, we uh, got a great deal. We really did, and, uh, you know, uh, he, he uh, treated us great, and, uh, you know, even with a bunch of mouse poop or whatever, uh, you know, in the carburetor, on top of the carburetor or whatever. <laughs> uh, anyways, that car uh, was a good car. That car was an older Tiger car, and Dave Pembroke absolutely destroyed yeah. that car. Yep. I don't know if you remember that. And, uh, you know, Steve Pembroke put a new clip on that, and, and you know, been around a while, but it always rolled really, really good at White uh, Devil's Bowl. You know, and, uh, you know, Devil's Bowl is a hard track for anybody to learn because you have to be disciplined enough to roll out early, let it roll, and back on gas, and but... You know, you just were driven at Thunder Road to drive it maybe a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just uh, it's a different, different, different experience. And Kelsey did fantastic down there. Wow, I felt like uh, 
she had a great opportunity every time to to win. I mean, I felt like she was there every time, and uh, you know, uh, so it just uh, you know, for Mike, and actually, you were there, and um, Justin and Mike, and everybody at the at the track, allowing Kelsey to go down there and practice a bunch, and yeah. you know, it really helped. Yeah. You know, talk about the night. So you know which so, one I'm talking about. So back, about. back, we're ra- we're going down for our few races, whatever. I think it was actually, it was either the second or third time we had we went there for a race. Go out there. I figured out how to just be better than what what was the division? It was like kind of like street stocks, kind of. They had they had bigger engines and headers and. Uh, we called them renegades for a while, yeah. and then super stocks and whatever. Yeah. So that's what they were. So a little different than the tiger car, but basically the same. I just figured out that if you just let off and then get back to the gas quicker, you roll it better. And I just figured out how to roll it better than them. So I'm I'm going around. It was a extra lap race. If it was a fifty lapper. Yeah. So I'm Dylan Rabdoy. Yeah, yeah. we're we're first and second. He's first. I'm second. Going back and forth. I'm about to I'm about to pass him, and a caution comes out. Yeah, I'm about to be in the lead, and the caution comes out. So whatever we do our we do our restart, and we're going we're going, and I'm not quite sure what happened. Other than the guy behind me did not let up as much as I did, and I ended up in the swamp over the bank. <laughs> yeah, and so I get down there. I'm down there. I know I'm in the swamp, so I'm not getting out. I'm not getting out to stand in the muddy water. The The safety truck guy or someone comes down, and they're like, oh, man, it's a swamp down here. I'm getting soaked. <laughs> He skedaddles and runs back up the bank. I'm like, <laughs> so I just sat there and and waited for a tow out. So I got out. We they towed me out. I went in the pits and they they checked it all over and everything was good. The only thing they forgot to say was, "Hey, get on the brakes before you get going," because there's probably mud in there. Yeah, nobody nobody told me that. So we get going back green and. We're headed into one, I think. Oh, no, 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 no. Headed into three. I get on the brakes and nothing. <laughs> no brakes. So I got, I'm over turn three now. I'm, I'm off. It's not a swamp over there, but I'm off. Come back up the track. Pump the brakes some because now I figured out that there's no brakes. And go back and whatever. I finished 10th maybe or something, but. You were number one in their hearts that I night. was. Oh, oh man, the fans were like. <laughs> I built that up so much. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a great race. I mean, it I was. Guess. It was like, a great Dylan race. Dylan and Kelsey were evenly matched, and really, depending on which lane you took, uh, you were going to win that race. And uh, but nobody, even though you got in the lead, they were like right tight. Yeah. It's pretty cool, yeah. you know. And, you know, it was a good battle, and you know, again, things happen and lost his brakes or whatever, but. You know, the, the amount of mud that was in the right front of that car, well, uh, maybe that's why I don't dirt race. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. If that's a sign of dirt racing, I don't know. Oh, it's probably why you don't swamp race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seems like a great place to break off part one 
and we will bring you part two on Friday. I know, Justin, you in the car on the way there, the one thing that I remember you talking about that you wanted to discuss was Kelsey at Devil's Bowl. What a night that was. Um, yeah, actually, really one of my fondest memories of working there. Um, and was that the last year of the asphalt or the next to last? I'm not sure, but, um, you know, people were fired up. It must have been the last year of the asphalt. And um, the fans were just totally enamored with the fact that there was a girl racing against the boys. Um, you know, car counts were really low on the asphalt. <laughs> And uh, to have somebody new come in was cool. And then to have it be a teenage girl who could hold her own um, really, you know, kind of pump some, some electricity into the place. And that was, that was a great night. It, it was a shitty ending for Kelsey, but um, you know, I, I think all in all great memories as well. So we got plenty more for you in part two. Uh, we hit on, obviously, we got quick hitters galore at the end of it. But the yin-yang. We also start, well, not start, but we get into, you know, some interesting questions that we had that maybe some people thought we weren't going to ask. We got into, you know, Jason's tire disqualification at the mill pole that led to, you know, a half-season suspension. Yeah. And he was ready for it too. I, I mean, we never discussed it ahead of time, but you know, he had, he had it kind of queued up and ready. Um, and uh, you know, again, though, there were things that we didn't know who was going to be there and having, um, I don't want to give away too much here, but having, having Brian Wall's perspective, Brian Wall Jr.'s perspective on that scenario, um, was very interesting, I thought. You know what else is very interesting? Mm. Uncommon Deeds merchandise. Oh. oh. Just, it's intriguing. It catches people's eyes. Subtle but effective. Everybody wants to know where you got it. <laughs> and you can tell them. You got it from shooting us a message on any of our socials uncommon deeds on twitter and facebook uncommon deeds podcast on the instagram the instagram maybe you were one of those that sent us an email at uncommonmediavt at gmail.com then you just tell them all you did was sent us $25 for a shirt. Maybe you sent us $35 for a hat. Perhaps. Maybe. You sent us $50. Maybe. For a shirt and a hat combo. Oh. Like then Chinese I know buffet. you're going to tell them that that included shipping. Yep. And? And a free decal. Okay. So that's all you got to tell them. And God, you look good. You do. Listening out there, and I know you're listening to this in your Uncommon Deeds shirt, wearing your Uncommon Deeds hat, 
driving down the road in your vehicle on your way to work. Or maybe Mowing the lawn. With that decal on the back window. Maybe you're sitting in a hot tub. Oh. But you're still wearing the shirt and the hat because they look so damn good. Or if you're hairy like me, you have to wear a shirt in the pool. Or if you're getting fat like me. Yeah, no, I got that infliction too, but I wasn't going to bring that up. I might put decals on my lawnmower. See how long it takes Linda to notice. So speaking of that merch, let's give a shirt away, huh? Shall we? We're going to put give a shirt away. All you got to do is listen or check out the Facebook page on Thursday. There we will have a trivia question. Mm-hmm. connected to part one of this two-parter. Then you send us your answer. If you are right, you go in the pool of correct answers, and we will pick a winner following Friday's episode to receive a free shirt. That's it. Yeah. We'll post the thing, and you just comment your answer, right? Yeah. Comment, send it to us. However you want to do it. However you want to do it. Yep. If you're competitive, I might just send it to us. Don't give away the right answer in the comments. Yes. Don't make it don't make it known for everybody else. And I'm a competitive guy like that. You are. Folks, he sat forward in his chair when he said that. It's because I'm giving away giving away the, the goods. I want to get close to the mic so you hear it. <laughs> so you feel it. Deep, deep. Oh God! Oh, no, in the no, bones. No. Let's, just, let's just tell him to listen to part two. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> part two coming up in two days. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, hey, we had the. I survived the two-parter with Brian Hoare. We'll have to think of a clever name for surviving the two parts with the Woodards. Yeah. Let me think on that. Maybe we'll have something, something with alliteration, that. maybe. Yeah. I got Woodarded. No. That was not That's alliteration not. there, buddy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird innuendo. <laughs> like wacky, wild, Woodard, two parts. I got weird with the Woodards. How about that? There you go. And B-Wall. There's a lot of W's there. All right, then. Okay. We'll, we'll think on that. Send us your suggestions. <laughs> it's a work in progress. Back in a few days, follow us on all those socials like we asked. Keep liking the Facebook page. That's awesome. We're coming up yeah, on 2,700 likes on Facebook. Bang. Awesome. You've been listening to the Uncommon Deeds podcast, a production of Uncommon Media.